playoffs? I'm talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Well, Jim Moore, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're going to be talking about some playoffs. College football playoffs, semifinals, Saturday, week 17 in the NFL, Sunday, big playoff seating on the line. Divisions on the line. We won't get into all of that, man. It's playoff time. So once again, hate to disappoint the great Jim Moore, but we're going to be talking about some playoffs. Oh, man. Big time. Big time weekend in Football coming up, man. Like I said, the college football playoff semifinal games on Saturday, week 17 in the NFL. Playoff seedings and playoff bursts on the line. Uh, more seeding than bursts uh, in the AFC. You have uh, uh, the Ravens and the Bills are the only two teams that are locked in their spots. Ravens have uh, clinched home field. They will be the number one seed. The road to the Super Bowl will go through Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Uh, and also, the Buffalo Bills are locked in to the number five seed, so they will play the four seed, whoever that shall be. Uh, so I'm pretty sure neither of those teams will play the Stars tomorrow because they have nothing to play for. The two, three, four, and six seed is up for grabs in the AFC. It gets even wackier in the NFC because all top five seeds are up for grabs. Only the sixth seed is a lock, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. So, like I said, some 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 big time playoff uh implications as far as the NFL goes. I mean as far as seeding and all that and, and plus a couple of divisions on the line in the NFC, NFC too, so hey without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it. that time of year it is that time of year it's time for the college football playoff with the top four teams in college football fight for the ultimate prize the college football playoff semi-final matchups on Saturday December 28th top four teams in uh, college football we're gonna go off. We're gonna go off by the by the team to start. One through four. First off, number one, 
the undefeated SEC champions, the LSU Tigers, led by the Heisman Trophy winner, the record-breaking Heisman Trophy winner, uh, record-breaking most uh, most first-place votes, margin of victory, and all that other good stuff. Joe Burrow leads the Tigers. Record-breaking season for him. SEC record-breaking season of 4,700 yards, 48 touchdowns, both single-season records in the SEC. Of course, the SEC's uh, known more about their uh, running backs and defense. Uh, definitely, LSU is, is 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 more known for running backs and defense. Uh, they have not; they've never had a prolific. This is the most prolific offense in LSU's history. Uh, I can remember, you know, back in the Les Miles era, like I said, it was all about the running backs. I can only name a couple: uh, Jeremy Hill and uh, running former running back for the Bengals, and of course Leonard Fournette. Running back for the Jaguars, uh, remember Jacob Hester, fullback. Matt Flynn was the quarterback of the last national championship team at LSU uh, in 2007. Of course, he would be a backup in the NFL. Then he would get paid like a starter in Seattle before Russell Wilson beat him out for the starting job. The same year he got paid. But anyway, I digress on that. Um... I mean, this has been a huge year for LSU. It was it five wins over top ten teams? Uh, at least at the time, uh, they started out the season well, getting the victory at Texas. Of course, you remember going into that game it was all about uh, who's the real DBU defensive back. You a lot of uh, great defensive backs come out of those two colleges. LSU more recently, uh, this decade, like I said, this decade is about to be over 2010 to 2019. This was LSU's year as far as, LSU's decade as far as DBU. 2000 to 2009, that was more Texas's, Texas Texas uh, DBU days. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of, trying to think of Texas uh, DBs. Earl Clark, excuse me, I'm sorry, not Earl Clark, Earl uh, Thomas, safety for the Ravens. Uh, you had, uh, uh, was it, was it Aaron Ross, former uh, NFL cornerback. Uh, there's another guy I'm thinking of, too. Uh, I can't think of him that right now. Gosh, I can't think of his name. But yeah, the the, the, old, the older veterans in the league, those those the some of the older veterans in the league, those are the Texas guys. You uh, like I said, more recently in the 2010 to 2019 decade, you look at guys like Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, just to name a couple. There's some more guys. Uh, uh Grant Delpit, current safety, he's gonna be a first round draft pick. I believe in the NFL draft coming up. He's 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 going to be another one to add to the illustrious list of defensive backs from uh LSU. But back to the playoff. 
they will face the, the number four seed, Big 12 champion, one-loss Oklahoma Sooners, making their third straight appearance in the college football playoff. Led by Jalen Hurts, who is no stranger to the college football playoff. Of course, if you follow college, college uh, football, you know Jalen Hurts started at quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide a couple years ago in the college football playoff. Um, I'm sorry, a few years ago. Uh, actually, this is his this is his sport. He's played all four years in the college football playoff. Because uh, remember, it, uh, in what was it 2016? I believe it was 2016 championship game. It was Jalen Hurts. Went up against Deshaun Watson in the championship game in 2016. Uh, Jalen Hurts playing for Alabama scored a, a late rushing touchdown to give Alabama the lead under two minutes left, and then Deshaun Watson did his magic, led Clemson down the field, hit Hunter Renfro, who's now. Finished up his rookie year with the Oakland Raiders for the touchdown in the uh, with about one second left for Clemson to claim the title. And then in 2017, you remember he started the college football uh, playoff national championship game against Georgia. He struggled in the game, struggled in the first half. Alabama did not look themselves on offense. So Nick Saban pulled Jalen Hurst uh, in the second half. Started the second half with Tua Tagovailoa. And, of course, the rest is history on that. Uh, Tagovailoa was able to lead the uh, Crimson Tide uh, from back from, a I think it was like a 14-point deficit, in the second half, he threw three touchdown passes, including the game winner uh, to, what was his name? Uh, what was it, the cast name? Smith. I, th- I think he's a receiver for them now. For them now. Uh, I, I, forget his, I forget his first name. Devin or Drew Smith. I got to look that up. But uh, talk about a little let him back to uh, – Led him back from a 14-point deficit in the title game. Uh, hit the beautiful touchdown pass uh, in overtime to upset. Well, not upset, but complete the comeback against Georgia and get another national title for Nick Saban. And then, of course, the next year, they played Georgia again in Atlanta in the SEC title game, Tagovailoa was knocked out of the game. Jalen Hurts, still with Alabama at the time, comes in at quarterback and leads them back from a 14-point deficit in the fourth quarter to get the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide back into the college football playoff uh, just this last year. Of course, uh, Tua came back and uh, won the Orange Bowl, but ultimately lost the College Football National Championship to the Clemson, Clemson Tigers. Uh, so, 
now Jalen Hurts has another opportunity at a national championship. And the ironic thing is Alabama is not in the playoffs. I mean, man, that's, 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 that's great. one of the best stories in football. I mean, just basically about perseverance, man. You know, fighting through adversity. Getting benched in the biggest game of the year a couple years ago. You know, staying strong. Getting in the transfer portal. Going to uh, Oklahoma. A lot of expectations uh, for Hurts coming in. Following two Heisman Trophy winners. Back-to-back years. Baker Mayfield. uh, And then Kyler Murray. Also, two number one overall draft picks in football. But he has a chance to do what neither one of them did. That's actually win a game in the in the uh, college football playoff. Not not not, not, not even win, win a national championship. He, he he can win a game if if he wins. If they win against LSU, Jalen Hurts who do better than what Baker Mayfield and Kyle Murray did, even though he didn't win the Heisman. 50 total touchdowns. I'm sorry, 51 total touchdowns. 41, uh, it was 38 passing, 13 on the ground. Great season for him. Heisman finalists. Like I said, Probably the, the best story in Carson Wall. A lot of people rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. But that's one matchup. The one versus the four. In the other matchup, probably the two most complete teams in college football. First off, you have the number two ranked Big Ten undefeated champion, Ohio State Buckeyes. Led by Justin Fields. Of course, another uh, uh, transfer portal quarterback. Of course, all all three guys other than Trevor Lawrence are transfer portal guys. Remember Joe Burrow? He was at Ohio State a couple years ago. Uh, When Dwayne Haskins was there, coming into his uh, senior year. Couldn't beat Haskins out for the job, so he transferred to LSU. Had a... Average year last year. But then they changed the offense around. Like I said earlier, it became the most prolific offense in LSU history. But uh, it was a new start for Justin Fields. Because Justin Fields was at Florida. And he decided that once Jake Fromm beat him out for the starting job, he wanted to go elsewhere. So he came to Georgia. He He came to Ohio State. Beat out Tate Martell. Had Tate Martell transfer to Miami, which was which was which was a disaster this year. And Fields took over, and he's he scored fifty total touchdowns this year, forty passing, ten rushing. Of course, he he, he definitely benefits having uh, J.K. Dobbins as a running back. J.K. all day. And a great receiving core as well. And then, of course, the defense led by 
Chase Young, junior defensive end, outside linebacker, utility guy. Where he, wherever he lines up, he's going to be a problem. Uh, the, the the offensive line's got to he's got to be able to uh, point him out so the quarterback knows where that guy is at all times. He is a, he is a, he is a game breaker. He is a game breaker. You have to know where number two is at all times. Because he can wreck the game. And we've we seen that throughout the year, against, especially against Penn State. And then you have the number three seed, ACC champion, defending college football playoff national champion, Lil old Clemson, who Coach Dabble Sweeney feels is getting disrespected. Not not talking about uh, Clemson much this year. Well, that's well, that's the reason for that is the ACC is weak. ACC, not what it used to be. Florida State, at least, was competition for them. Uh, they haven't been good in, in a couple of years. I really thought Willie Tiger would turn that around, but I guess not. He's out. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot who they hired. I think they hired Memphis' coach. I forgot his name offhand, but we'll see what he does. Um I mean, but they struggled, man. They struggled. I mean, Trevor Lawrence really struggled uh turn the ball over. This was his first full year of starting. He uh <coughs> he started the last what six, seven games of the regular season after uh uh Kelly O'Brien, Kelly Kelly Bryant dropped out of the program. He transferred, uh and he entered the transfer portal, went to Missouri. Was a huge disappointment. I thought he was going to be better, <laughs> but I mean, hey, it is what it is. Trevor Lawrence took the reins, and he again, like I said, he struggled at first, especially turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. I think that's that's the game that a lot of people look at. It's like, eh, you know, I think that I think that's that that's one of the reasons why. Uh, they don't talk about Clemson much. Clemson's a great football team. Their their defense their defense is really good even after losing all that talent, especially that defensive line. Wilkins, uh, Lawrence, uh, Farrell, all those guys went first round from the defensive line alone. Then you have the corners and the other talent, and the linebackers and the other talent that they lost in that defense. But their defense has come back strong. But like I said, the ACC, it wasn't that good this year. So, I mean, the numbers may be skewed, but this is the first real test. This is going to be the first real test for Clemson this year. I mean, and and, and, and by the way, Dabo Sweeney's talking, he better have them boys fired up to go. I mean, as I said, that's why you're getting disrespected because the ACC is not good. You haven't really played anybody. Of course, that's not their fault. They, you know, they they play who's on the schedule. I get that. But 
You're going to get some respect if you beat Ohio State. You'll get respect if you beat Ohio State. Uh, Sweeney will get uh, the respect that he's looking for if they beat Ohio State on Saturday. Uh, as far as my picks are concerned, I have LSU and Ohio State for the title. Looking at LSU, look, the key to the game between LSU and Oklahoma is whose defense is going to step up. Uh, both of these teams have subpar defenses. I thought Oklahoma really turned the corner against Texas, but Texas wasn't who we thought they were this year, so that's that's even skewed a little bit. That 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 uh, uh that right there uh kind of took a hit on uh Oklahoma's uh defense and defensive ranking. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> uh but uh it's like I say it comes down it comes down to which defense can make more stops and right now I believe LSU's defense can make more stop because Oklahoma, while their defense is not good, they're also missing guys. Three, I believe it was three defensive players from Oklahoma. One starter was a uh, were are suspended from this game. I forgot why, but uh, they are suspended from this. They are suspended from this game. So Oklahoma really shorthanded on offense. Excuse me, on defense. Going into this game, and again, you're going up against a prolific uh, offense like Joe Burrow and LSU. Uh, those two receivers, uh, Chase and Jefferson, and then you have the running back issue, Edward Tiller. He was really big in the Alabama win, but he has a hamstring injury, and the prognosis all week is, you know. They don't know if he's going to play. So, obviously, this hamstring injury is a big deal because Edwards Allaire has been really good. Over 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns on the season. Like I said, he was a big-time catalyst in the win against Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa. So, we'll see what happens. But Ed Ogeron says that if Edwards Hilaire is not able to go, they have a they have a couple other running backs that he feels can uh fill the void of Edwards Hilaire, which would be a big big void if he can if he wouldn't be able to go. Uh late prognosis in the process saying says that he might play, but of course he'll be might be on a pitch count, which is understandable. You don't want him you don't want to go go. You don't want to uh, have him go too hard, and then you end up winning the game. And he might pop. He might pop the hamstring or pull the hamstring even worse to where he won't be able to go for the national title game. So we'll see what happens on that. Like I said, I believe LSU's defense makes more stops. This this could very well be a shootout game. This could very well be a shootout. Uh, both teams in the forties. I'd be very surprised if it was defensive struggle in it where. Both teams are twenty and under. I'd, I'd I'd be seriously surprised. I'd be very surprised. 
maybe I shouldn't because, you know, they've had a whole three, four, whole month off before this game. So, you know, I take that back. The defenses should be should be tight. But, of course, both teams' offenses are so prolific that it, that, that really doesn't matter. So, like I said, it, it, it'll probably be a shootout. But I'm taking LSU. I'm taking LSU to survive. They have the all. They have the uh, home home field advantage. The Chick Fil A Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Of course, LSU not far from Georgia, so it it will probably be a big Georgia contingent in Georgia. Oklahoma playing their first ever game in the state of Georgia. So, we'll see what happens on that. As far as Ohio State and Clemson is concerned. I mean, I like Clemson. I like Dabo Sweeney. I like how he's trying to get his guys to play the underdog role. But I just got to roll with Ohio State. This is probably the most complete team in the game. Prolific offense. Really good defense. And that's gonna it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to stop. It's gonna be hard to slow down the offense. It's gonna be hard to score on the defense. It, although if anybody can do it, it's it's it's, it's, it's uh, Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback. Travis Etienne, the ACC Player of the Year, at running back. Is that they have a good uh, receiving court, not as good as it once was. I remember, uh, what was that, Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins on the same receiving court in um, in uh, Clemson's. Just give, I'm, so, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Sammy, did I say Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins? Did I say that? I don't know if I did or not, but uh, there, there, there you go. A great receiving tandem. If he can get to if he can get it to those guys, not 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 Smith, not Watkins or Hopkins, but if he can get to those receivers, they uh, they might they they might give uh, Ohio State a run for their money. I'm not saying Ohio State's gonna blow them out, but I feel like Ohio State should win this game by at least ten. I'll say that at least ten. It's not a blowout, but you know. Won't be really. You won't be. It'll, it'll probably still be about a two possession game. And so that's that's up LSU versus Ohio State in the in the uh, national championship. Of course, that'd be a great story. Joe Burrow grew up in Athens, uh, Ohio. I remember uh, his, his Heisman speech kind of chronicled the problems that they've had, and. I think someone started a GoFundMe page and they've raised thousands of dollars for, uh, I believe, his former high school. So that was a great thing that Joe Burrow did, and, and those great, these great, those great people that uh, donated started started that GoFundMe page and going donated to the cause. I'm pretty sure those people are thankful in Athens, uh, Ohio. Uh, I'll pick that game later. I'll I'll pick that game later. Later, like in another 
podcast after we see what's what's going what goes on this Saturday. Um but yeah, it's it's a, it's a really it's a really be it's a really be something, man. These two games should really be like I said that that Ohio State Clemson game, even though I think uh Clemson excuse me, uh Ohio State can win by ten. It should it, it should be a good old school matchup. Defense, run game, you know, quarterbacks, they can light it up, but I don't think they'll need to. Both of these teams can try can focus on their run game and their defense. And I think whichever quarterback makes uh, makes make, makes the most most big time throws win this game. So because both of those both of these guys can do it, uh, Fields and uh, Lawrence, both of those guys can make some big time throws. But it'll 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 I think the winner of the game will be the quarterback who makes them who makes the most of those opportunities. All right, let's move to the week seventeen. NFL slate. All games on Sunday. No more Monday nights. No more Thursday night games. All games on Sunday. Uh, then we'll get to the playoffs the next week. Uh, let's start with the AFC first. Like I said earlier, all divisions are wrapped up. All divisions are wrapped up. Of course, you have the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC North. The uh, Houston Texans winning the AFC South. The Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West. And New England Patriots winning the AFC East. Again, as far as locks, I said it earlier. The Baltimore Ravens have clinched home field. So once again, the AFC will be going through Baltimore. Someone's going to have to go into Baltimore and beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens if they want to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. The number five seed is uh, also is a lock. The Buffalo Bills. So no matter what the Buffalo Bills, no matter what happens, the Buffalo Bills will be number five and they will be playing the number four seed. Now, this is where it gets... Uh, crazy. Again, the 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 two, the three, the four, and the six are open are are open for business. The two, the three, and the four are uh, is going to be a battle between three teams: the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Houston Texans. Uh, both. Excuse me. That's that's in order. The two the, right now, the two C would be the uh, the two C would be New England. The three C would be Kansas City. The four C would be Houston. So as far as The two seed is concerned. The Patriots have the inside track. 
to that. All they have to do is win their game against the Miami Dolphins in Week 17, and they will be the two seed. If the Chiefs Oh, excuse me. Uh, I was say if 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 the Patriots somehow lose to the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Chiefs defeat the the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, the Chiefs would leapfrog the New England Patriots and they will get the two, while New England would get the three. As far as the three goes, the Chiefs have the inside track to the three seed. All they have to do is win, and if New England wins, they would already be the three seed. But if the Chiefs were to lose to the Chargers and the Houston Texans, win their game against the Tennessee Titans, then Houston will leapfrog Kansas City, and they will be the three, and then Kansas City will be the four and host Buffalo. If New England win, like I said, well, I, I kind of got that mixed up. Houston has no shot at the two seed, but they have a chance to be the three seed. But but again, let's go over that again. The two seed is between it's actually between New England and Kansas City. All New England has to do is either win or tie against the uh, Miami Dolphins, and they are the two seed. If they lose and Kansas City wins. Or ties. No, I'm sorry. Kansas City would have to win. They would have to win outright. Then Kansas City would be the two and New England would be the three. And then three and four. C's three and four. If New England wins, they're the two. If Kansas City wins, they're the three. If they lose and the Houston Texans win, Houston would be the three. Obviously, same record. And then the head-to-head victory the Texans have over the Chiefs earlier this year. Obviously, if Houston wins their game and then Kansas City and Pittsburgh wins, then, then the seeding will stay as is. Pittsburgh, excuse me, uh, New England number two, Chiefs three, uh, Houston four, and then Houston would host Buffalo. As far as the sixth sixth seed goes, it's a battle between three teams. The current number six seed holder, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are playing Baltimore. Baltimore is resting their starters. No Lamar Jackson, no Mark Ingram, 
I'm pretty sure Mark Andrews won't play. They'll probably sit some defensive starters. RG3 will start for them. But Pittsburgh dealing with some injuries. Marquise Pouncey, the center, will not be able to suit up. James Conner, I think he's a game-time decision. Juju Smith-Schuster coming off injury last week. You wonder if he'll be uh, ready this week. If, if, wonder if he can return to big-time form this week because they need this victory. Actually, I'm sorry. Tennessee has the inside track to the sixth seed if they win. They would have to win, and then Pittsburgh would need help. Let's just go through it. Pittsburgh can win this number. Pittsburgh can get in as a sixth seed if they win, and Tennessee loses or gets in a tie. Or if Pittsburgh ties and Tennessee loses, or if Tennessee loses, Indianapolis wins their game against Jacksonville, and Oakland loses or ties. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and that's not even a team that needs the most help. <laughs> that's not even a team that needs the most help, but that was just a mouthful, but... Like I said, Tennessee is the is the team with the inside track, so Pittsburgh would have to win, and then Tennessee would have to lose their game at Houston. Houston having having that three seed to play for, I don't know, I don't know how much different it, it, that is. I mean, you don't you don't play you don't play Buffalo, and that great defense, even though they got a little exposed last week against the Patriots, who seemed to they might have found something to peak at the right time, so. We'll see what happens on that. Tennessee, again, they'll get the sixth seed with a win, or if they tied and Pittsburgh lost, or if Pittsburgh lost and a Indianapolis loss or tie. It's crazy how the Colts and Jaguars game this weekend has uh, so much implications on the wild card seating, even though neither of those teams are going to the playoffs. Obviously, it's head to head tiebreaker type stuff. That's that's a lot to get into. But uh, last but not least, still alive in the team that will absolutely need the most help to get into the playoffs. in what may be the final game as the Oakland Raiders. Of course, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas next year. Just got, just saw a look, just saw a, uh, got a sneak peek of their stadium. Their stadium looks really good. That's going to be something. Uh, uh, that's going to be a spectacle. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, looking at that place, seeing how the seeing how the inside and the and the rest of the uh stadium looks, <coughs> it looks great so far though. It looks great so far, but um, Oakland's gonna need a lot of help. Oakland's gonna need 
to win in four different uh outcomes. I'm gonna try to uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to read this. I'm gonna try to read this off here. Oak in order for Oakland to come to birth, Oakland would need to win. Pittsburgh to lose, Indianapolis to lose, and then I'm sorry, Pittsburgh to lose, Tennessee to lose, and Indianapolis to win against the Jaguars, and then they would clinch off a strength of victory tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. They could also, they could also clinch off strength of victory over Pittsburgh if one of the other following teams win or tie. Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles Chargers, or New England. That's a whole lot. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the Raiders need about four different scenarios to happen to get into the playoffs. And believe it or not, we've seen that before. I know personally I've seen it because it happened to my favorite team back in, what was that, 2006, I believe that was. When Herm Edwards was the head coach of my Kansas City Chiefs. We needed to win and we needed about five or four, four other things to happen. Call it the perfect storm here in Kansas City back in 2006. And, 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 and all four of those things happened along with the Chiefs victory. And the Chiefs were able to sneak in the playoffs that year. They would also they would lose off of field goals to uh uh the Indianapolis Colts and Mike Vanderjack beat us. Ah, that was crazy. That was a Peyton Manning led team that didn't even score a touchdown in the game. And they beat us, but uh I digress on that, but yeah. That's a lot. But obviously, um Tennessee has the inside track to the number six seed. If they win, they're in. As a Chiefs fan, I would not want to face them. Actually, because we, we have the inside track to number three seed. As a Chiefs fan, I would not want to face Tennessee in the playoffs. Too many bad memories. Me and my homeboy, uh, Terrence, uh, went to the playoff game a few years ago when the uh, Chiefs hosted the Titans, sat front row, 25-yard line behind the Chiefs bench. We were right there. When Marcus Mario threw the pass, which deflected off of Darrell Revis's hand into Marcus Mariota's arms as he scored the touchdown. And it was at that moment I knew. <laughs> uh it was at that moment I knew the the that 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 the Chiefs were blowing that game. And lo and behold, Derrick Henry runs rough shot the rest of the way. And the off Chiefs offense goes stagnant with after scoring twenty one points in the uh, in the uh, first half. You know, score a point in the second half. Harrison Bucker misses a field goal. A fumble by Mariota was called dead after uh, 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 was called dead. He fumbled the ball. So I believe I think, I think it was a, a Daniel Sorensen picked up the fumble, took it, took it, took it to the house. <clears throat> I think it was a two point. It was a two point attempt actually. 
They had scored a touchdown. They had took the lead 22-21. And then the two-point attempt, Mario was looking to throw it. And then uh he got drugged down from behind, but the but but it took so long for the Chiefs defender to drag him down that the official actually blew the play dead while Mariota was still in the air. He had like as soon as the the uh as soon as the uh As soon as the uh, the as soon as the referee blew the whistle, the ball came out, and then uh, they said it was Daniel Sorensen that picked it up and he took it all the way back for a two point conversion. We were going crazy in the stands, thinking that it was two points for us, and we were, we and we retook the lead twenty three twenty two, but it was not to be. The ref said he uh, already blew the whistle, and the Chiefs could not. Uh, regain the lead in that in what will be Alex Smith's last game as a Kansas City Chief before he was shipped to Washington in in the trade. But yeah, that's, that one still hurts. <laughs> that one still hurts. And if Tennessee comes rolling up in here next week, I mean those thoughts will be in my head again. So let's go Miami. <laughs> Take care of business in Foxborough. Get that victory so we can get our victory so we can get the number two seed and get a bye week. But anyway, let's go to the NFC now. All right, so moving on to the NFC, two out of the four divisions are already locked up. The New Orleans Saints have locked up the NFC South. The Green Bay Packers have locked up the NFC North. Uh, they are into the playoffs, but both of them are playing for key playoff seeding uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, also, the Minnesota Vikings are locked in at the number six seed, so they will be going on the road throughout the playoffs. So, however far they advance, they will be on the road. So... That is what has already been clinched in the NFC, but still a lot to to be decided. The top five seeds are still to be decided this weekend. Uh, Let's start off first with the, uh, I'm just going to go from what they have here on, uh, let's go from the order they have here on NFL.com, the week 17 scenarios. We're going to start off with, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys facing off against the Washington uh, Redskins. Of course, remember Dallas last week had a chance to lock up the NFC least. Excuse me, I mean East, uh, with a victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. That did not happen. I don't know what happened. Uh, all the talent that they have on that team just been a it just it's just been a real tumultuous last few weeks for the Cowboys uh ever since uh that ever since that loss to the Bills on Thanksgiving it's just been a tumultuous tumultuous uh month for the Cowboys not knowing if Jason Garrett will be fired or you know the the worries about Jerry Jones if he's going to pay Dak Prescott's contract if he going is he going if he's going to pay Dak Prescott the contract that he wants which I think he wants like thirty more than thirty million a year. He's uh, started out real good, but he hasn't really showed 
that he's worth that type of contract lately. I know he was going in with a he went into that Philly game with a AC sprain in his shoulder, uh probably because he's throwing so much. <laughs> it's like, man, I haven't thrown this much this year. I think uh the Cowboys did uh kind of make a change to the coaching uh they had the former quarterback of the uh Cowboys, Kel Moore, former backup quarterback now takes over as the he took took over as the uh Offensive offensive coordinator this year, I think, in an effort to um, help open up the playbook more for Dak Prescott to pass a lot more. Uh, I, I don't understand. They 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 paid uh, uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, one of the best running backs in the league, uh, who a lot of people like myself felt that this offense would go as far as. Uh, Zeke Zeke uh Zeke Elliott leads them because you know a lot of their offense you know a lot of their success a lot of their success goes through Zeke you know the the eight man boxes uh which opens up the play action pass game for Dak Prescott heck he sometimes when they do line up eight eight in the box uh Elliott still is able to get good chunks of yards but this year just hasn't been that story they've opened it up a lot more obviously because teams are keying in on Elliott and. Dak Prescott has, for the most part, at least in the first half of the season, he's he, he's he's feasted on that. Has a top five QB rate QBR rating in, rating in the league. Dallas has the number one offense, but the but ever since they started playing some good competition, good defenses, uh, Prescott has not looked that impressive. They didn't even score a touchdown last week against Philadelphia. It's crazy how they lost that game, especially with how banged up Philly is. With all those uh, big time guys out on, especially on the offensive end, especially without good this uh, Dallas defense was believed to be. I know they're missing uh, uh, Vanderish, Kyle Vanderish, but uh, that's still a pretty good defense with Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. He hasn't really lived up to the big contract he signed, so. It's gonna to be tough. I thought they they had rebounded uh, the week before against the Rams, where they put up what was that thirty one points, forty points against uh, the Rams, just beat them down. Zeke running the ball, uh, the backup uh, Tony Pollard running the ball well. That's that that's how Dallas wins games. Dallas wins games running the football. I mean, if you trust Dak Prescott, I mean he's shown way too many times that. He's going to fail you. So, we'll see what's up with that. But back to the game at hand. This week, they're facing Washington. They have to win. And and in losing to Philly last week, they lose their chance of controlling their own destiny. So, they have to win. And then they have to have Philadelphia lose their game. Philadelphia is playing uh, the Giants at uh, on the road. And a big day from... Uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Jones last week after missing uh, the game against the uh, Eagles, he came back last week and threw for over 300 yards, five touchdowns. Saquon Barkley had a big time game, kind of what you thought this Giants team would look like uh, after Daniel Jones came in and uh, won that game at Tampa Bay. You kind of thought they were trending in the right direction, but Saquon Barkley just hasn't been the same. Uh, 
uh, Jones has been a turnover machine and everything has went wrong for the Giants this year. I expect Pat Shermer to be gone. Uh, no matter what the result of this game is, I expect Pat Shermer to be gone. They should be they should be looking for a new head coach in the in in, in for the Giants. I mean, there's all there were there were links that there were rumors that Jason Garrett could be a link, link to becoming the Giants' new head coach already. I would not advise that, but uh, I mean we'll we'll see what happens. But all Philadelphia has to do is win, and they will be NFC East. Champions and they will host the number five seed next week, but we'll see who that is, and we'll see what happens with that. Now, um, as far as the number one seed has to go, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the, only, the, the, the the Green Bay Packers will need a win and help. They will need a win. They will win. They will need a win and the least help. To uh, get home field advance throughout the playoffs, they would they would need to excuse me. They excuse me. Actually, they haven't even clinched the first round by. They would just need to clinch the first round by with a win. So they would at least. So if, if they win, they would at least have the two seed. They would at least have the two seed in the uh, in the NFC. New Orleans has a chance to clinch a first round by. They would have to win, and uh, they would need a Green Bay loss. Now, and now both of these teams are still in play for the number one seed overall. They will need San Francisco to lose for a chance at the one seed. Excuse me, Green Bay would need would have a chance to one seed for what San Francisco lost. Green, excuse me, uh, New Orleans would need a loss from both San Francisco and Green Bay for a challenge for the one seed. So all the big scenarios, except for the game I'm about to mention, though those are all the big scenarios. Green Bay and New Orleans still have a chance at the one seed. Uh, Philadelphia would have to win. Philadelphia controls their own destiny. If they win against the Giants, they win the NFC East. The Cowboys would have to win against the Redskins and then have and then hope for Eagles loss to the Giants to clinch the NFC East. But of course, the big game on Sunday, the NFC West title is on the line as the San Francisco 49ers head to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks. It's simple. The winner wins the division. But as far as playoff seeding, it means a lot more. Like I said, Green Bay and New Orleans still have a chance at the one seed. Because it will depend on the outcome of this game here. What I mean by that is, if San Francisco, San Francisco, they control their own destiny. San Francisco is the end-all, be-all uh, of this game. If they win, San Francisco, of course, is the NC West champion, and they have home field throughout the, the NFC playoffs and the, the road to the Super Bowl 
through the NFC would go through San Francisco or Santa, Santa Clara, Levi Stadium, uh, <clears throat> where that where, where <laughs> Levi Stadium, Santa Clara, California, where Levi Stadium is. It will go through San Francisco, but if San Francisco loses, that's when, like I said, that's when it opens it up for Green Bay. Again, San Francisco, San Francisco loses and Green Bay wins. Green Bay gets the number one overall seed and you have to go through Lambeau. If the Saints win their game, and Green Bay and San Francisco loses, then you have to go through the Dome like the Los Angeles Rams had to do last year to get to, to the Super Bowl. And that's, and that's a tough place to play. But all three all three of these places are a tough place to play. But if I had to choose between those three, obviously I'd pick San Francisco. I mean, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo just hasn't been there before. He's been he's been to a Super Bowl. He's been in big games, but usually as a backup to Tom Brady on the sidelines. This is his, this is his first real big time game. This this is a true playoff game. This is a true playoff game. Even though both of these guys are in the playoffs, this, this is a true playoff game. This this is the this is the, this is uh, the win. If you win or lose this game, decides if you have a home game in the playoffs. For San Francisco, if you have a first-round bye, if you have home field in the playoffs, and in Seattle, Seattle themselves could have home field, but they would need to win, and they would need Green Bay to lose to clinch a first-round bye, and they would need New Orleans to lose as well if they want to uh, clinch home field. I was saying, even, even Seattle, with their dismal performance last week against Arizona, still has a chance for home field. Again, they would, need, they would need to win this game, and they would need Green Bay to lose to clinch a first-round bye, and they would need Green Bay and New Orleans to lose to clinch home field. So that's a lot to play for, a first-round bye, and uh, home field throughout the playoffs. Having to come up to the Pacific Northwest in the cold, rainy conditions to win a game. That's 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 tough. And obviously, Seattle's uh, reached the summit before in those situations. Uh, remember the back-to-back Super Bowl years. All all both both times, Seattle had home field advantage, and they. Capitalizing, getting to the Super Bowl and winning one and losing one. So this is a huge game. Like I said, storylines for this game. Uh, again, this game was flexed to uh, Sunday night. Like I said, again, because it's for the division. It's for the division. Like I said, Seattle lose lost their uh, chance. They were they were. Uh, controlling their own destiny, but because the Seattle went into San Francisco and won earlier this year, but they lost to Arizona last week. Like I said, they were in the driver's seat until then because San Francisco had a law, had a home loss to Atlanta. 
but still a lot to play for in this game. Like I said, Jimmy, uh, this game will come probably come, this game will come down to Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo can make plays, can make the throws that that he made. I mean, San Francisco is a legitimate contender. San Francisco is a legitimate contender. Uh, this what that three game stretch where they uh where they played three three or four gangsters where they played Baltimore and then the Saints and I forgot who they uh I forgot who they who they beat uh was it was it uh it wasn't Green Bay wasn't it was it they beat somebody else that was really good I I I I forget who it was that they beat but they beat somebody else that was really good but especially those two those two games Against the Ravens and the uh, 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 and the Saints, back to back weeks, going on the road, across country. Except like these Pacific, these uh, West Coast teams playing uh, in the Eastern and Central time zones. That's a two to two to three hour difference that could really hurt you. Like I said, yeah, your body clocks are used to Pacific time. You're playing two, three hours before, beforehand. Like some of these dudes probably hasn't even woke up yet in, in games where they, where they played against the Ravens and the uh, Saints. And uh, the way that they played against both of those teams really showed that they are a legitimate title contender, whether they win this game or not. They proved that they've proven that they can go on the road and beat and play tough and and, and get and get big wins. So you go back to the game against the Saints. Uh, excuse me, go back to the game against the Ravens. Their defense, I wouldn't say held Lamar Jackson in check, but he definitely wasn't as good as he as he has been setting the league on fire this year. I mean, that defense, that front four, they, they actually lost another uh, key def- defensive lineman towards ACL. So they're going, they're dealing with injuries. See, I was dealing with injuries too. We're gonna to get into that later, but uh, uh, this team has really proven that they can. Uh, like I said, they had an easy first half of the schedule. Second half got really hard. Next, like and 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 they've and they and they've come out on the better side of it. They've come out on the better side of it. Uh, the the they've proven that they're for real. Like I said, they hung tough with Baltimore. Justin Tucker wanted it with a field goal at the end. And then uh, you, you suffer a brutal loss like that. And then you have to go to the Dome, to Superdome next week to face uh, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. I mean, and Jimmy Garoppolo answered a lot of questions in that game. You know, uh, a lot, uh, uh, a lot of people felt Jimmy Garoppolo was a game manager. Couldn't uh, he, uh, he may not be able to win you a game. May not be able to make the throws when he needs to. Of course, we all know San Francisco has a great running game with uh, Matt Breida and Mostert and uh, Tevin Cole Coleman, former Falcons running back, three-headed monster back there. Any one of those guys can give you hundred yards easy. Uh, that that running game is really great, especially with uh, uh Kyle Husick, the uh, fullback, leading the way. 
most of those times too. And of course, Kittle being a great blocker, the uh, uh, and, and, and the double tight sets and all that. Well, except when they when they when they when they, when they when they want, they can open it up, and they showed that in the game against uh, the uh, Saints. Mayo Sanders was a huge pickup for them, a trade acquisition from the uh, Denver Broncos earlier in the season. I mean, look at Mayo Sanders. This guy went from 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 a world of suck. It, it, that was his his words uh, with the Denver Broncos to playing for home field advantage in the NFC after he gets traded to the. Uh, 49ers. So, I can't say it enough. It's a huge game. It's a huge game for them. But, uh, want to go to Seattle, which is a whole different story. Like I said, 49ers dealing with injuries to their defensive line. Uh, Seattle dealing with injuries to the offensive side of the ball. Seattle, like I said, Coming off that bad loss to Arizona, uh, where they where their deep, where run defense got shredded by Kenyon Drake. You talk about another person. You got to talk about another guy who was fortunate to, to get out of a really bad situation with the Miami Dolphins, even though they've really improved uh, over the last uh, couple months or so. Of course, to go into a situation, I mean, I guess not the ideal situation with uh, Arizona. They're a young team on the rise with Kyler Murray at the at the uh, quarterback position. They had, of course, they had their struggles. He's had rookie quarterbacks. He's had, you know, simple quarterback rookie uh, struggles this year. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, rookie head coach. You know, they've struggled like we thought they were, but we, we thought they would. Uh, so, uh Keon Drake had a huge day last week against the uh, Seattle defense. And that's definitely something that Pete Carroll and those guys have to fix, especially, again, like I said earlier, facing the San Francisco three-headed monster attack. But uh, Seattle offensively, you want to talk about a run game? Their run game has crumbled the last few weeks, and it all started – with the uh, injury to uh, Rashad Penny. He was the backup running back, but he got injured. Uh, and and you, you thought Seattle was still cool because they still had Chris Carson and they still had, uh, uh, was, it, was it Procise? They still had Procise behind him. Both. Carson and ProSize go down in a loss to Arizona. I mean, you talk about <laughs> I mean, you 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 talk about injuries at the wrong time. Carson who was having a really really good year. He's out now with an injury. I believe ProSize broke his arm on a nasty helmet hit to the uh, forearm. Seattle were was without a running back. I mean, Seattle was coming into this game without a healthy running back. 
But what was it? Christmas definitely came early for the Seattle Seahawks in the uh, in the awakening in the in, <laughs> of of a familiar friend of theirs. You heard it right. Somebody woke up in beast mode. It wasn't Big Sean, of course. Marshawn Lynch. Mr. I'm just here so I won't get fined. It's back for the Seahawks. Lynch signing uh, with the Seahawks uh, earlier this uh, was about was that uh, what was that Wednesday signed Wednesday uh, went through practice or so or, or he came came in too he came in they came in and talked to, came in and talked to the Seahawks on Tuesday he signed I believe Wednesday went like I said went through practice with them uh, was trying to learn a new playbook and. Uh, like I said, this is their answer to run X because they 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 didn't have they didn't have anyone else. They didn't have anyone else. They also bought in Robert Turbin, who had been who had been there with Lynch and the uh, Seahawks before as well. So relying on two or two older got two older guys that that know the system. Obviously, Lynch coming back. Hadn't played since week six last year as a member of the Oakland Raiders. Because he went home and played with his hometown team. Because remember how great Marshawn Lynch was for the Seahawks in his, I believe, seven seasons there after starting his career in Buffalo. Obviously, again, won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 40. 48-48 with them when they beat down the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, we all remember Super Bowl 49. Had over 20 carries and 100 yards in that game. You remember, first, uh, Seattle was driving to take the lead late in the game over the uh, Patriots. They had, they had first and goal, uh, I believe, at the seven. Gave it to Lynch. Got him down to the two-yard line. Then, of course, one of the most famous plays in history. Second and goal from the two. Seahawks decide to throw a pass with Russell Wilson. Pass gets picked off by Malcolm Butler. Crazy play, big time play by, by an unknown rookie. Patriots win the Super Bowl. One of the one of <laughs> one of the most talked about plays, and then that'll be talked about till the end of time. One of the craziest decisions not to give it to again a guy who had had his way with the Patriot defense that day. Said over a hundred yards, he already had a touchdown in that game. 
I felt it was a comp- I, 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 I'll be, I'm be honest with you, man. I'm be honest with you. I felt that it was a conspiracy against Marshawn Lynch. Of course, like I said earlier, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Uh, as many other uh, media uh, outtakes that, you know, it's, it's no secret. Marshawn Lynch does not like to talk to the media. He's had, he has, he has a, he has a love hate relationship with the media. He does not talk after games, <clears throat> and if he does talk at all, he he doesn't say much. So, I believe if Marshawn Lynch gets that ball and he scores, Lynch would deserve the Super Bowl MVP of that game because I feel. Well, maybe not. Like I said, they had, the Patriots had a little time, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Brady leads him down and forces overtime and wins the game against the Legion of Boom because he because he carved up he carved up the Legion of Boom that uh, that day. But uh, if Marshall Lynch scores, that I think the Patriots win that game. Excuse me, I think the Seahawks win that game. And with Marshall Lynch's stat line, it will be hard pressed for him not to win Super Bowl MVP. But you don't want a guy who you don't want a guy to win the Super Bowl MVP who does not want to talk to the media. That's just not a good mix because <laughs> a lot of a lot of different media will want to talk to him. Uh, you probably be on Good Morning America and all that stuff. You go to Disney World and all that. Marcel Lynch, Marcel Lynch ain't that guy. He's not the he's not the guy to be a face of that, and I believe Pete Carroll and uh, Daryl Belvin knew that. It was like, oh well, he didn't get in here. We'll just have Russell throw a touchdown. Russell wins Super Bowl MVP. He's the face of our franchise, and he can do all that stuff because because the media loves him. Like I said, I, 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 I've just admitted on this broadcast, like I said, it was a conspiracy theory to not give Marshawn Lynch the ball on second and goal from the two-yard line of Super Bowl 49. Like I said, uh, uh, Wilson threw it, picked off by uh, Butler. Great play by Butler. And we uh, we found out, looking at the, was, I think it was like, uh, looking at a Patriots documentary that, uh, Butler had actually uh, gotten beat on that play in practice. I think he said he got beat like two or three times on that same play in practice, and he f- and he seen the formation, he seen how they lined up, and then he seen the play run, and he just jumped the route. It was also a great job by Cam Chancellor, who was uh, guarding the receiver at the top of the route. Uh, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of, uh, he he was on the line, and he. Uh, the Seahawks lined up in a stack set where you had one receiver up top and then he had the, the other receiver right behind him. And Chancellor actually stymied the top receiver at the line, which allowed uh, uh, Butler to have the chance to uh, jump the route. Because if the, if the receiver would have got free, if the top receiver would have got free release, they they were running a uh, in 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 uh inside outside uh outside inside uh slant combo the top receiver would run a outside something the, the uh 
the uh, it, the 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 top the the receiver up top was running an outside slant. The receiver uh, on the bottom was running an inside slant. They wanted the uh, the slot corner in the uh, the the slot corner would follow the will follow the uh, inside receiver who was at the top to the outside route, and they will bump in t- bump they will bump the uh, corner on the outside, which would allow the inside receiver to catch the inside, catch the outside receiver to catch, to, uh, catch the inside slant. But, but again, Chancellor uh, didn't let didn't let the top receiver on the inside inside off the line. And you see, Bob Butler seen it. They, they had practiced against it. Wilson threw the quick inside slant, and then, like I said, Butler just made a great play on it. But As one of the things Marshall Lynch said, you have unfinished unfinished business, and that is the unfinished business, I believe. Lynch wants another chance. I'm sure Pete Carroll would want another chance to rectify that wrong because, like I said, I think if uh, I think if they scored there, they would they would they would have been the first team since the 0304 Patriots to repeat. As Super Bowl champions, they would have been two-time champions in one of the great, I guess I wouldn't say dynasties, but, you know, it could have been. It definitely could have been. It definitely could have been a dynasty. They could, they could have went back the next year. But, like I said, that, that decision, it was, it was more than losing a Super Bowl. It kind of lost the locker room. Kind of lost the locker room, and uh, uh, it's a defense was kind of you know, it's the Legion of Boom, Sherman, Thomas, Chancellor. Chancellor didn't play that long after that. Uh, injuries derailed his career. Of course, Sherman and Russell Wilson didn't have the best relationship, you know. That uh, then we definitely seen how things ended with uh, Earl Thomas, won a new contract, went out there, played. Uh, played in a contract year, broke his leg, and of course, remember how he exited. Alden Cart, <laughs> flipping off the Seahawks sideline, and he and uh, Thomas has, has definitely come as he he's he's already come out in interviews and said that hell that was directed toward Pete Carroll in the uh, Seattle front office. So no love lost there, but. Yeah, I believe Pete Carroll wants another chance. I believe Marshawn Lynch wants another chance. And in that situation, I'm pretty sure Lynch will speak up. Well, heck, my, my Russell Wilson may even speak up like, yo, we're, we're, we're giving this guy the ball here. Lynch will be I want the ball here. Now, what, he, what is he going to give? We don't know. He signed through this year in the playoffs. Excuse me, this last game in the playoffs. So, I don't know what he's what he's got left. But he's gonna have to give him something. He's gonna have to give him something. They have three backs, Turbin, and I got another guy I can't name. But uh, this is their opportunity. This is their opportunity. They're gonna have to have some type of resemblance of a run game because Wilson has really struggled without Marshawn Lynch in a good. Run game. They like I said they they they've had this the success this year that they've had because 
of a great run game. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes the rest of the way for them. But like I said, it's a big time game. This is a big time game. Um, again, man, divisions on the line. Home playoff game on the line. Like the win, the loser of this game, the loser of this game has to has to be the five seed and go on the road and face either Dallas or Philadelphia. Now, would either the 49ers or Seahawks be favored in that game? Absolutely, they will. Because they, cause like I said, it, 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 it wouldn't be much. It wouldn't be a a huge upset. Matter of fact, probably actually it wouldn't be upset at all because they would be favored if if uh the loser of this game goes on and knocks off uh Philly or Dallas wild card weekend next week. But of course you want that uh, you you want the division, you want the home playoff game, and for in San Francisco's case, you definitely want home field advantage. Throughout the playoffs, you want to stay at home, you want that extra week of rest, and you want to make sure that every game you play, other than the Super Bowl, is in your house, is in your stadium. So like I said, this is huge, it's a huge game. I haven't really gotten to my picks yet, so we're going to get into uh, predictions for Week 17. Week 17 picks for this week. I went 12-4 last week in my pick'em league. Uh, so, I had, a good week. I had a good week last week. So, we'll see if we can continue. First game, I'm going to pick all games. The uh, Playoff seeding or not, I'm going to pick all the games to finish out the regular season. Starting with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got Atlanta. They seem to have uh, saved Dan Quinn's job, at least for next season. A lot of uh, turn, a lot of uh, turn, turmoil, a lot, uh, especially how they started the season. A lot of people thought Dan Quinn and uh, the GM Thomas Dimitrov would be gone, but see, uh, a report come out came out this week saying both. Or at least Dan Quinn, I should say, is, is still will will be head coach of the Falcons in 2020. I think this has a lot to do with how they finished the season. They got some wins over some uh, big time big time teams. Uh, got got a victory over the uh, Saints. Got a victory over the. Uh, uh, they got a victory over the Cowboys. They got a victory over uh, the 49ers. Like I said earlier, they played well at the right time. Uh, Like I said, they, they've saved this job. Tampa Bay, I mean, it's, it's Jameis Winston, the 30-30 watch. I mean, he's already got over 30 picks. It's time about he, he, there's a port camera that said he wants $30 million a year. I don't know if he's going to get that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, his future is, is in doubt. Bruce Arians, uh, that was asked about a couple weeks ago, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, uh, 
committal, committed. Ed did not commit to uh, Winston's future as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, with all that being said, I picked it. Picked the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. They'll finish seven and nine going into next year again, still with Dan Quinn, but. You know, at least they'll, 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 they, at least they would finish the season strong. Moving on to the next game, Miami versus New England. Like I said, New England wins this game. They are the second seed in the AFC. That's all I can say. That, 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 enough said about this game. I mean, uh, Bill Belichick going into this game. Uh, says it's a playoff game against his uh, old head coach, Brian uh, Flores. So, and not not too many have fared well as far as the uh, teacher versus pupil uh, matchup, especially uh, all Belichick's disciples. They haven't fared well against them. And I don't think uh, Forrest will fare, fare well against them this year. Excuse me, in this matchup. Remember last year, Dolphins had the big win uh, over the uh, Patriots late, late in the season. Remember the, the miracle uh, lateral play to Kenyon Drake. He took it to the house, beat Gronk to the outside. That was a big late season loss for the uh, uh, Patriots, which uh, helped out as far as my Chiefs. Getting the number one seed last year in the AFC playoffs. But obviously, we all know the story. Pages went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs and went on to win Super Bowl 53. But like I said, Belichick with the playoff game mentality, I'm sure Brady and, 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 and the team will follow. They looked great last week in the win against Buffalo. It looked like they might have found a running game. If they find a running game, I think they'll be they'll be okay. Uh, like I said, Michelle hasn't been the same as he was last year, but if he can find that tune this year, uh, the Patriots may want, may very well once again uh, represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Even though we don't want to see it, hey, you got to beat them. Like Rick Flair says, you got to beat the man. See, in order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And whoever wants to be the man, they got to take Brady out. So, we'll see what happens on that. Next game, the Chicago Bears heading into Minneapolis to play the Minnesota Vikings. Tough loss for the Vikings last week. Um, Had a chance to play for the division against the uh, Green Bay Packers at home. They laid an egg bad. Kirk Cousins, who had been on fire going into that game, was was terrible in the loss to Green Bay at home. So they're already locked in as a number six seed. There's no way they can win the division now. I don't I don't believe they'll play the starters. If they do play the starters, it, it will it probably won't be for too long because they'll be focused on uh, where they'll have to play next week as the six seed going on the road to either either. Uh, Green Bay, New Orleans, or Seattle—they'll be in one of those three. They'll be in one of three. Uh, more than likely, the Saints. If everybody wins, the uh, Minnesota will be headed to Superdome to face 
the uh, New Orleans Saints. Chicago, Chicago coming off the bad loss to uh, Kansas City, uh, where their offense was non-existent. You thought thought they might have had something at the beginning, at the, at the end of the year with Mr. Trubisky in the game that they played against the uh, Cowboys, but their offense has fallen stagnant again, especially last week. Big ups to my Chiefs defense and uh, holding down the Bears' offense. Um, they only uh, scored three points, and, and, and you know, amazingly, I don't even think the Chiefs had a turnover in that game. So that was just great defense by the Chiefs. But um, not about the Chiefs right now. They will be in the next game, but uh, I believe I believe the I believe the Bears will win this game because actually I believe Minnesota will rest the starters. They have nothing to play for. They're already in the playoffs next week. They'll they'll put their stars in. I think uh, Mitchell Trubisky wants to leave this season on, on a high note. A lot of people are calling for his job uh, during the year, so it, it, it's, it might be a little bit uncertain. His future might be a little bit uncertain as to whether he'll be the star, starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year. A lot of people talk about. A lot of people think about. Uh, maybe they uh, the. Uh, Bears should think about bringing in Cam Newton from the Panthers, as uh, the Panthers will try to trade for Cam Newton. Try to trade Cam. Try to trade Cam Newton in the offseason. A lot of people might want to see what Cam Newton can do with uh, Matt Nagy. So, Mitchell Trubisky's uh, future uncertain. I think he'll want to come out and have a big time game. I, I got the Bears winning that game just because of the simple fact that Minnesota has nothing to play for, and they'll be in the playoffs next week. Now we get to the good guys. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Chiefs, again, still have a chance at the two seed. Have a chance to finish 12-4, the same record they had last year. Uh, on a five-game win streak, like I said, the defense is really, has really improved. They've really shown up. Uh, uh, if they hold these Chargers to 17 points or less, they will have held... Each of the last six, six opponents to 17 points or less in the last six games. Uh, the offense still hasn't been the offense hasn't been the juggernaut as it has been last year. But I kind of like where they're headed. They're, they're taking what the defense is giving them. Patrick Mahomes not taking as many chances. I love that. I really love that. He's running more, picking up first downs with his legs. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, and I, I hate to, I hate if he has to lead the team in rushing, but you know, if, if that's what it takes, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. You know, it, I, the, the, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust for this team. It's Super Bowl or bust for this team. So, we'll, 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 whatever it takes. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. And like I said, Mahomes has done a great job of uh, taking what the defense has given them. So. You know, hopefully he'll continue to do that. As far as the Chargers, again, we're uh, again we're still talking about uncertainty at the quarterback position next year. Chargers moving into the Rams Stadium next year. Um, we're talking about season ticket holds. Season tickets are not uh, are not what it, not what the Rams wanted to be for for the Chargers. You know, being co-tenants with them, maybe they might. Uh, you heard the rumblings about 
maybe going after uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a free agent. Hasn't signed a new contract with the, with the Patriots. Uh, Brady would be closer to home playing, playing with the Chargers. And he is from California. So, do they move on for Phil Rivers? Do they give Rivers a new contract? He's a free agent. So, Phil Rivers playing, uh, his, his, his playing career is uncertain. Hey, I got I got my boys in this game. I got my boys in this game. Yeah, I think they'll treat this game as a playoff game as well. Like I said, their five-game win streak started with the victory over the Los Angeles Chargers in Mexico City. So, I believe we'll ride high into the playoffs with a victory. At worst, at worst, and at worst case scenario, we've already won the division. We'll have to we'll be the fourth seed and we'll face uh, Buffalo. That's at, the, that's at the worst. If we win and the New England wins, we'll be the third seed. So, and we'll play either the Titans or the uh, Titans, the Steelers, or maybe even the Oakland Raiders. That in a, more that more more of that coming up in a minute. But next game in Detroit, the Green Bay Packers face the Lions. Again, uh, Green Bay playing for home field. Green Bay is playing for home field. So that 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 that, that, that automatically gives me the edge. It gives them the edge in this game. They're playing for something. They're trying to get home field. So they're definitely going to try to win this game. They're playing for a first round bye. Either way, so get a get a get an extra week for those these those guys to rest. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been the the same. Aaron Rodgers we've seen in years past, but his running game has been great, which is what uh, hasn't been great in the past for Aaron, Rodgers, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's had to do a lot on his own, and, you know, that's led to injuries and stuff and all that, but uh, he has a, he finally has an adequate run game uh, to uh, lean on as far as Aaron Jones uh, and uh, Jamal Williams. And that's helped them out a lot. That's helped them out a lot. That's helped Rodgers out a lot. Rodgers has won the other, I think I just heard a stat the other day. Rodgers has won the most games without throwing a touchdown pass. That is not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, in the past, Aaron Rodgers has had to, if he didn't throw for two or three touchdown passes, you wouldn't think Green Bay would have a chance in the game. That is amazing to see the stat. A great job by a first-year Head coach Matt LaFleur. Uh, a lot of people didn't didn't know if these those two were butt heads in LaFleur's first season. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe wanted to take the offense on his own. Obviously, we know how it ended with uh, Mike McCarthy, where uh, Rodgers would uh, kind of take the reins himself at the end of games. He would kind of call the shots on his own, kind of going against his head coach, but. Year one, it's been pretty good for LaFleur and the Chargers, excuse me, and the, and the, excuse me, and the Packers uh, outside of the uh, state of California, though. So, uh, so we'll see as far as we'll see uh, in the years to come with those two. Detroit, they've already said they'll bring back. They're on 311 and 1 this season. This season, they, all, they already said they're going to bring back uh, Matt Patricia. Patricia 
I mean, this is a this was a lost season as soon as uh Matt Stafford went down, had the had the broken bones in his back. It was a lost season that you really can't do too much. I commend the Lions for giving Matt Patricia another year. The, hopefully Matt Stafford can get healthy. And uh, cause they, cause it looked like they wanted to a promising start. They wanted to a promising start. Almost beat my Chiefs. I think that's kind of where that's kind of where the season went down the drain for them after the loss to the Chiefs. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I think they can be uh major players in the NFC North, especially with a healthy Matt Stafford uh, for uh, years to come. Just have to get a just have to get the one game uh, situation. I think uh, Carryon Johnson will be a great. Uh, I think Carryon Johnson will be better in years to come. So that's that. Again, I have Green Bay winning this matchup. Uh, the lowly battle of Ohio: the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland Browns, one of if not the most disappointing teams. In the league, especially with all the hype coming into this season, after they traded away what they traded away to get Odell Beckham Jr. to come over to the Cleveland and play with his uh play with his uh best friend, his uh former college teammate uh Jarvis Landry. Uh, you thought. Cleveland was on their way up. Uh, they finished was it six and ten or seven and nine last year. Baker Mayfield played really well to end the year. They almost upset Baltimore and knocked them out of the playoffs completely last year. And they won. They they beat Baltimore this year. The only one of only two teams to beat Baltimore this year. Uh, them and of course my Chiefs. But um, other than that, it's been a really disappointing season. Uh, uncertainty if Freddie Kitchens will be back as head coach. Obviously, the ugly incident with uh, Miles Garrett uh, swinging his swinging uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet and connecting on his head could have been a very bad situation. Garrett he's suspended indefinitely. We'll see if he we'll see uh, if he comes back next year. I'm pretty sure he will, but it depends on how many games he's suspended for next year. So we'll see about that. Odell saying he wants to stay in Cleveland amid the rumors about uh, Odell's language on the field going to different coaches and players from opposing teams saying, come get me, (laughs) as in (laughs) ask your GM to make a trade for me to bring me to your your team. Uh, There was rumblings that his partner, Charles Landry, Said that said those things as well, but uh, I mean, obviously you know it's, it's all rumors to this point, but you know, Odell said we want, well, I want to figure it out. I want to figure it out. We want, we're, we're going to try to figure it out here. So Baker Mayfield, he's a good, promising quarterback. He just talks too much, and we see him way too much with this with these progressive commercials. You know, uh. For a quarterback to be to to be uh to have a losing record, I mean you gotta you gotta take that step to be. I mean Baker Mayfield's got to. I think he's got to. He's got to look hard in the mirror this offseason and try and get better as a quarterback. He's going into his third year. This should be Baker Mayfield's next year. Should be Baker Mayfield's year. Twenty twenty should be Baker Mayfield's year. 
2020 should be the year the Cleveland Browns uh, get back to being a playoff contender. A lot of people felt that they could win the division. I, I felt that they could get a wild card spot at the end of the, at the, uh, before before this year. There's a talent. There's a lot of talent on that team, and they should be a major player in 2020. The uh, the Bengals. You got Joe Burrow coming up. Ohio native, Athens, Iowa. Excuse me, excuse me Athens, Ohio. Uh, the uh, Bengals have the number one pick, and. Andy Dalton, I think his days are through in uh, Cincinnati. As far as being the starting quarterback, he may still be there, be the backup, or he may be there and challenge uh, Joe Burrow for the uh, for the starting quarterback spot. But you know, I just think his days are over as a starting quarterback. Uh, didn't really have a memorable run. Didn't win a playoff game with the Bengals. There were three straight years where. They either won the division or got a playoff berth, didn't win in any of the games. So, tough situation for uh, Dalton. I just believe it's time for them to time for the Bengals and Dalton to uh, go their separate ways. Maybe he goes into another system and flourishes. There's going to be a lot of QB openings this year, so... A lot of teams will be looking for a quarterback or a veteran quarterback, maybe come in and back up or maybe challenge a younger quarterback. So we'll see what the future holds. But I'm pretty sure that number one pick will go toward Ohio's own Joe Burrow uh, and to get a fresh start in Cincinnati with head coach Zach Taylor. NFC South Battle. The New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. Of course, again, just like the Packers, Saints playing for possibly possibly home field. Saints playing for possibly a first-round bye. Playing for the top two seeds. They're in the third seed right now. Obviously, if San Francisco wins or if San Francisco and Green Bay wins, of course, they'll, they, they would only have the three seed. Uh, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Pair of record setters. Breeze a couple weeks ago broke the record for most touchdown passes of all time. The first man to reach 540 touchdown passes in NFL history. And then, of course, Michael Thomas last week breaking the single season receptions record. Passing Marvin Harrison, 144 receptions. Well, it was like 146. He's had two or three more receptions, but all that, all that's over now. And it's about the playoffs. I mean, the Saints, really talented team, but um, you talk about two of the most bad luck ways to end the last two postseason runs. It all started a couple years ago with the Minneapolis Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, All the Saints had to do was stop the... uh, the Vikings, and it and it would have been and it would have been over. Uh, obviously, one last little—I wouldn't call it a hail mary pass. Cause I think they were trying to get out of bounds. Uh, but of course, Case Keenan threw it to the sideline. Uh, Stephon Diggs catches it. The safety uh, Williams from the Saints overplays it. <clears throat> 
He thought he was going to hit and dislodge the football from uh, Diggs. He missed him completely. He actually took out his own teammate, the only other person who could catch Stephon Diggs. And Diggs races down the sidelines, and he scores. He scores what would be the – it wasn't a walk-off touchdown, but he, it was basically a walk-off touchdown as that would eliminate the New Orleans in 2017. And then, of course, last year in the NFC – Championship game. Uh, the Saints go down, marching down the field late in the game. A field goal, a first down, would, uh, they would kill the clock and then try to hit a field goal to win the game. Of course, Breeze looking for uh, Tommy Lee Jones out of the backfield. Uh, Nicole, uh, uh, Robbie Coleman makes contact with Tommy Lee Jones as the ball is in the air almost to John, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. It's supposed to be Tommy Lee Lewis. I'm sorry, not Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Lewis. And um, contact was made. No flag was thrown. Of course, uh, that would lead to the rule of pass interference being uh, challenged and what a disaster that has been being, being a challengeable call that what is it what a disaster that's been this year they've overturned some but mostly they've they, they, they kept the same calls as they've had on the field this year no matter how blatant some of them have been that's just been a disaster but uh could this be the final opportunity for Drew Brees he's already once he's already won one Super Bowl probably the most underrated quarterback of this generation, obviously playing with guys in front of you like a Peyton Manning, like a Tom Brady, like a Ben Roethlisberger, guys that all, all, all those guys have, that have won multiple Super Bowls over Breeze. You just wonder, could this be his last shot? Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, uh, Jared Cook, who's been big for them this year at the tight end position. Is this Breeze? Is this Breeze last hurrah? Is this this his last chance for another Super Bowl? We'll see. Carolina looks like they're gonna move on from Cam Newton. They they're talking about doing everything they can to trade him at the end of this year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was a bright spot for them. He was an MVP candidate for the. Uh, First, uh, maybe two or three. Uh, first, I'm sorry, not 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 two or three. First, uh, six seven games a year. He was uh, considered a uh, Super Bowl MVP. Like uh, Cam Newton goes down. Like I think it was like first five games. Kyle Allen came in and started off really well, but then of course he he uh, ultimately ends up faltering and. Uh, it was all downhill from the, for the Carolina Panthers at that point. Obviously, that's the biggest storyline. What what's what's the Panthers going to do with Cam with Cam Newton and do they fully give the reins to Kyle Allen or do they bring in a veteran quarterback or do they maybe they try to draft a quarterback? You know, it's a big quarterback class coming out. Of course, Burrow's probably going number one. You got Justin Herbert. You got uh, Jake Fromm. I don't think he's committed to coming out yet, but uh, you also have Tua Tagovailoa. If 
if he if he commits to come out or if he doesn't. It could be a huge quarterback class in this draft. So we'll see what Carolina um we'll see what Carolina does here. In a meaningless AFC East game, you have the New York Jets facing the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo already locked in at the number five seed, so you wonder if the, their stars will play. And, it, and if they do, they probably won't play for long. They'll have they'll be ready to go on the road to face either the Texans or the Chiefs next weekend on Wild Card Weekend. The Jets. Disappointing season for them. I thought they'd be a lot better, of course, dealing with injuries. CJ Mosley was injured. They brought him in to lead that defense, but he hadn't been he hadn't been uh he hadn't uh been available. Of course the offense, uh uh Le'Veon Bell not 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 as advertised this year. They signed Sami uh big contract with them in the offseason. He hasn't been what he hasn't been what he was in Pittsburgh, maybe that long layoff of not playing last year really hurt him this year. So we'll see. Adam Gase. His coaching career is in question. You know, will he be back as a head coach of the Jets next year? I highly doubt it. So whoever 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 they if if they do fire against they'll probably try to bring in an offensive coach, an offensive mind, maybe Greg Roman or something like that, that could help out Sam Donald in his development. He has some he has some he's shown some great spots this year, but he's also had a lot of bad spots too. So of course remember uh the infamous comment of uh him seeing ghosts in the Monday night game against the uh the Patriots. It's garnered a lot of media attention. So, of course, he had Bono. He had missed three or four games this year too. So we'll see. We'll see the. We'll see what direction the Jets go at the end of this year. I. I don't know. I do believe the Jets win this game. I believe the Jets win this game. Like I said, the Buffalo has nothing to play for. They're already locked in. And I, I believe they'll rest most of their. Offensive and defensive starters. Arizona versus Los Angeles. The two bottom feeders of the NFC West. I believe Arizona has a bright future ahead with uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, they've shown flashes this year of, of, of really, really good stuff. Uh, they've done a lot better than I thought they would. First year head coach of Cliff Kingsbury. They've been better than they've been better uh, than I thought. So like I said, that they've uh, they have a great future ahead. These Los Angeles Rams, very disappointing year, probably the most disappointing team. You go from being the NFC representative in the Super Bowl to laying an egg in that game to now, especially after Jared Goff got that huge contract. Golf hasn't been the same. Of course, Todd Gurley hasn't been the same. Kind of like the Cowboys. Uh, Gurley is the uh, the uh, the reason for their for the Rams' success. They, they, they the Rams are as good as Todd Gurley is, and Todd Gurley just hasn't been very good. I mean, that knee injury 
has been bothersome. I think, I think he's had some other injuries too. He's shown flashes of the old Ty Gurley. But that's all it's been is flashes. So we'll see what happens with them. They have got a lot of money tied up in uh, golf, Gurley, and uh, Donald. So we'll see what type of moves, if any, do they make at the end of the season to get help in. Of course, do, you, do they do they do they resign Jalen Ramsey? Do they have enough money to resign Jalen Ramsey? So we'll see about that. Oakland versus Denver. Oakland again still has a chance to make the playoffs. They have to win, and they have they have to have four other crazy outcomes to happen. It's happened before, like I said, with my Chiefs in 2006. They had the perfect storm. They won, and then it was four other results that had to happen. Uh, happen, and they got into the playoffs. And of course, again, they, they eventually lost in the first first. Uh, they lost on Wild Card Weekend, but still, it was crazy. It was the perfect storm. It happened. So. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, the the uh, Broncos, John Elway, may have found a quarterback. And former Mizzou Tiger. And uh, Kansas City, Missouri's own Drew Locke. Of course, I say that because I live in Kansas City, Missouri. But uh, went to Lee Summit High School. Went to University of Missouri. Um, three and one this year, three and one, and, and wouldn't you know it, the the one loss was to his hometown Kansas City Chiefs. But um, he's looked really good, and maybe after these uh, last few years, maybe John Elway has finally found a quarterback. It didn't work with Paxton Lynch, didn't work with Trevor Simeon, it didn't work with Brock Osweiler. Maybe this is the op- maybe this is uh, John Elway's gold mine, gold mine to lead into the uh, into the future of the Broncos. A lot of talent, Phil Lindsay there too. A lot of talent. Uh, Big Bangio his first year as Denver head coach. We got Von Miller on the other side. Of course, the defense took a uh, hit when uh, Bradley Chubb got injured. So. We'll see what happens as far as that uh, the, the, the rest of the season. But uh, Denver's got a bright future ahead, especially with Lockett quarterback. Denver's got a bright future ahead. Then, of course, we have one of the key matchups of the day, a, a game that a lot of people have their eyes on, NFC East battle. Philadelphia Eagles versus the, the New York Giants. Eagles win. They are NFC East champions. If they lose, they would have to hope Dallas uh, Dallas loses as well. And if Dallas loses, they'll still be in. A lot of injuries on the offensive side. Of course, both. Of course, Alshon Jeffries out for the rest of the year. Nelson Aguilar will again miss a game. Zach Ertz, the number one target for Carson Wentz, is out this game. A little bit of uh, a, a little bit of good news. Jordan uh, Howard will be back for the Eagles as far as the run game and having a guy in the backfield. And of course, Boston Scott could be used 
has a receiver or something like that. You know, they only have two uh, healthy receivers. And Dallas Goddard had a big game last week. He's going to have to have another one with Ertz out. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy how these guys have, uh, have uh, persevered all that and still had a chance to win the division. That's the, like I said, that's how bad the Dallas Cowboys have been this year in big time games. But um, they control their own destiny. The Eagles control their own destiny. So we'll see what happens with that. The Giants, of course, uh, Daniel Jones will lead the Giants into the future. Eli Manning. I mean, he's had a he's had a 500 quarterback record. Uh, what I mean, it was 117 and 117. We started a couple games this uh, these last couple weeks as uh, Daniel Jones uh, recovered from an injury. The Giants will will probably move on from the two-time Super Bowl winner where he goes. We don't know. He doesn't want to be a backup. He's made that clear in New York. He will eventually be a backup somewhere, I believe. But uh, maybe he could be a serviceable veteran quarterback for a young guy to run. Um, for a young guy to run behind. So we'll see. Of course, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of tempted to pick the Giants next because that's a lot of injuries. The Eagles need to overcome. That's a lot of injuries the Eagles need to overcome. I just think Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz and this Eagles team will find some way. They know they need to have this game. They know they need to have this game. And I think they will find a way to win. And they will and they will find a way to win the NFC East and host uh, and host the playoff game next week. Uh, did I give a winner for the last two games? I I think the Rams will win against the Arizona. I think uh, Denver will beat uh, Oakland. I don't know if I got a, a game of one of the last couple games or not, but uh, if I didn't, there you go. I did. I picked LA and Denver to win those other two games. I picked Philadelphia to win in this game. Colts versus the, the uh, Jaguars. Colts had a promising start to the season, but it went all downhill after uh, Jacoby Brissett. He's out a couple games and then he comes back and they never were really the same. So uh, also Marlon Mack went down as, as uh, uh, went down to do the injury. So of course you didn't you didn't know uh, you didn't know about this uh, Ghost team uh, coming into the season. You didn't know the status of Andrew Luck and whether he would play. And then of course the bombshell. Uh, him announcing his retirement after the third preseason game which shocked everyone. I still remember I was at the Chiefs uh, third preseason game and uh, I remember getting the notification on my phone. I was like, it's got to be a joke. It's got to be a joke. Andrew Luck retired? Obviously, obviously it was uncertain that uh because it was uncertain if Andrew would start the season because of a nagging calf injury, but 
man, that was it, it, it's still crazy to, to, to be, it's still crazy uh, that uh, Andrew Luck is retired. I think he'll come back in a year or so, maybe even next year. But Coach uh, Brissett did the best he could. Like I said, uh, he, he, he lost a couple games to injuries, and they just weren't really the same after that. Uh, we'll see as far as he signed a contract extension, so I think Brissett will be there, but we'll see if they'll bring in somebody else to maybe challenge Brissett or they bring in a young guy for Brissett to teach or something like that and see how they move forward. The Jaguars, you thought they had something with bringing in Nick, Nick Foles, signing him to a big contract. But, of course, Foles got injured in the game against the Chiefs to start the year, and then he came back, and he wasn't really what they what they, what they they hoped he would be. He wasn't the Super Bowl MVP in Philly, and, and, and this has been a Nick Foles' M.O. Everywhere he's been outside of Philadelphia, PA, he has not done well. The the uh the Rams when the Rams paid him didn't do well there didn't last long. Uh, obviously he was a backup here with the Chiefs. Uh, went back to Philadelphia. Carson Wentz goes down in his MVP season a few years ago. Foles takes the reins and he leaves Philadelphia to the Super Bowl title. Wins the Super Bowl MVP. Now he signs the big contract in here there in Jacksonville. In Duval County. But he's been a thug. And they went back to Gardner Minshew. Who will probably be the guy to lead the Jaguars into the future. The, uh, the Jaguars signed. Jaguars uh, got rid of uh, Tom Coughlin. Uh, by, uh, a couple weeks before the end of the season. I don't know why that was necessary. Because they were report saying that Carver was going to walk away after the season and uh, retire, but uh, Jaguars, I think the Jaguars team is just a mess, <laughs> but uh, maybe Gardner, Gardner Minshew will be that, uh, be that light to uh, lead Jacksonville forward. Got a great offense, <laughs> well, they, got, they, they got a great run game with Leonard Fournette. I ain't gonna say they got great offense, but they but they've done better this year. Of course, they still have that great defense, even though even without uh, Jalen Ramsey, that, that front four is still ferocious. Those linebackers are still good. They kind of missed Telvin uh, Smith this year. The good linebacker didn't talk too much. Yeah, I, I said that because of the Chiefs game a couple years ago, but uh, and they still have a somewhat decent secondary, even without Jalen Ramsey. They have a good team, so. See what happens to them in the future. Tennessee versus Houston, obviously not the game that we thought it would be a couple years ago. Excuse me, a couple weeks ago when these teams faced off in Tennessee. Of course, Houston getting the victory in Tennessee, and then Houston beating uh, the Bucks last week on on that Saturday, on the first game on the, that Saturday slate. to clinch the AFC, AFC South. Tennessee still has a chance to get into the playoffs. They control their destiny in the, uh, for the AF, for the sixth seed in the AFC wildcard. All they have to do is win, and they're in. If they lose, they open it up 
for the Steelers and maybe even the uh, Raiders. But all Tennessee has to do is win in the end. If they lose and and the Pittsburgh Steelers lose, I believe the tenth to, to, to be uh, and, and, and as far as uh, the perfect storm doesn't happen for the Raiders, I believe they're still in. But again, that's what that, that that's the that's the great thing about controlling your own destiny. Titans win, they're in. If they lose, with some help, they'll probably still be in. Houston, Texas, again, they're at worst the number four seed. They can move up to the three seed if Kansas City loses to the Chargers and they win. Of course, another big note about that as well, the Chiefs play at one Eastern. The Texans do not play until three Eastern. Uh, they've already said that Watson and Hopkins are questionable, and I believe that it will have a lot to do with the Chiefs game. Again, if the Chiefs lose, the Texans will have a shot at getting the three seed, and maybe even another date with the Tennessee Titans. But if the Chiefs win, they will the Titans will be locked in at number four, and we may not see the Deshaun Watson and uh. DeAndre Hopkins and, and those other big stars in the game. Uh, Will Fuller is also out with injury. Injury. Uh, he struggled with injuries to staying healthy. He couldn't finish the season last year. He, had, he was having a good season this year. He had a couple big games for the uh, Texans. And he, and he's, he needs that, that second guy that could, that, that could take a lot of pressure off DeAndre Hopkins. But when DeAndre Hopkins is doubled, Will Fuller can have those big time games. Make the defense respect him, and it opens it up for Hopkins. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. Like I said, if the Chiefs win, I, I doubt we'll see any of the big Texas stars. Uh, uh, another note for the Texans: J.J. Watt uh, could return for a playoff run. He's been uh, activated off of IR. He's, uh, he's come off of IR and. Uh, Team has what 21 days to activate him. Actually, uh, just in time for the playoffs, he could add a boost to that Texas defense. So we'll see what happens with that. And then, of course, the other big game in the NFC East: Washington Redskins visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have to win and hope for Eagles loss in MetLife against the Giants, and they will be NFC East champions. Dallas, obviously, has underachieved this year. They still have the number one rated offense in the league. Of course, coming into the season, the big the big thing, Dak Prescott. Uh, turning down a contract uh, to start betting, betting on himself. And in the first few and in the first half of the season, he proved he he, he was he was looking like they was gonna have no choice but to give him that big time money. But he's kind of he's he's kind of but he's uh he's taking a big fall from grace in the last five or six games. Actually, he's dealing with the AC joint injury. I believe this offense is better when they go through Zeke Elliott, and they've proven that actually the Rams game where they won, they 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 leaned on Zeke in the running game and Tony Pollard. And they won get and they won that game going away. Which I still don't believe that 
and uh, Prescott is worth a big-time contract. But, I mean, he's there. He's won. He's even won a playoff game. So, I mean, you know, I don't think you can get any better than what Prescott is, is, uh, has given has given you. A lot of uncertainty about Jason Garrett's coaching future with the Cowboys. You want you got you gotta believe if they don't win the division here, maybe Jason Garrett might be fired on Monday. If they win if they win the division and the Eagles lose and they get to the playoffs, you probably think that the Garrett's gonna have to have a lengthy lengthy postseason run to even for for even uh Jerry Jones to uh consider bringing Jason Garrett back. So We'll see what happens in that game. I, I believe they'll win. That game, obviously, was at stake. Uh, they're playing as, at the same time with the Eagles, so I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Cowboys fans will be doing some scoreboard watching. Maybe even the players and coaches themselves will be looking at that scoreboard and seeing what's going on uh, in that Eagles-Cowboys uh, game. Excuse me, in that Eagles-Giants uh, game. Again, I forget to pick a winner of a previous game. The Tennessee-Houston game, I, I, I predict Tennessee will win because they need it. And I believe the Chiefs would win, will win, so the Houston Texans will already decide to not play their starters in the game. So Tennessee will win the game because they need to, and they'll get in at, as that number six seed. And Houston will rest up for Wild Card Weekend next week uh, <clears throat> to face the uh, Buffalo Bills. Last couple games here, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, we already know Baltimore has locked up the number one seed in the AFC. And they've already come out and said they will not play Lamar Jackson. They will not play Mark Ingram. They will not play most of their uh, uh, big-time players in this game. They don't need it. They already have, they already have uh, home field. They already have home field. Lamar Jackson, one of likely to be the youngest MVP in, in um, NFL history. Great season for him. As far as Pittsburgh's concerned, uh, the bench Devon Hodges in the game last week had to go back to him as Mason Rudolph injured his shoulder. He's on IR. He's done for the year. Marquise Pouncey, the center, he'll, he'll have to miss the game with an injury. Uh, there was a, there was a, there was a talk about Mike Tomlin as coach of the year. Obviously, he deserves it. Obviously, after Ben Roethlisberger went down in week two with the elbow injury, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to even be in this position, going with their second string and. Four-string quarterbacks, except Josh Dosh was the third-string quarterback in Pittsburgh, but he was traded to Devin Hodges. And, you know, for them to even be in a, in a position, in a spot to even be in the playoffs, that's, 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 uh, that speaks to the greatness of Mike Tomlin as a head coach. But um, RG3 will be the starting quarterback for the uh, – the Ravens uh, in this game. And 
I just think the injuries are too much to overcome for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think RG3 will go will go in and do a bang up job as the as the uh, as the as the starting quarterback for the Ravens in this game. Because I just think Hodges, I just don't think he's the answer. I just don't think he's the answer for the Steelers. And I think ultimately this the, the, the this season will end in heartbreak for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think I might have picked Pittsburgh in my pick league, but I, I I changed my mind now. I just don't think um, I just don't think those, those injuries. I just think those injuries would be too much for Pittsburgh to overcome. And uh, I think Baltimore to win this game. They'll finish fourteen and two. And then of course the big one, last one, the NFC West title on the line. San Francisco goes into Seattle against. San Francisco playing for the most here. They control their own destiny. They win. They're the NFC West champion. They're the number one seed in the NFC West. Seattle. Seattle needs uh, Seattle needs to win, and then they need Green Bay to lose to have a first round by first round by. Then they need both Green Bay and New Orleans to lose if they want a shot at home field advantage. But I just feel that this team is for real. I feel this 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 is San Francisco's year to this is San Francisco's year. I feel it. I said especially the way they performed in Baltimore, in New Orleans. I feel they got what it takes. I definitely feel they got what it takes to go up to Seattle and get a victory. That run game will be huge. I think Jimmy Garoppolo can make throws that's necessary. Uh, don't know what what what, what we what we'll get out of Marshawn Lynch and the uh, Seattle run game. So <clears throat> I'm picking the 49ers to go on the road and do what the Seattle Seahawks did to them and get a victory in their house. San Francisco will be the number one seed in the NFC West. Before we get out of here, man, I just have to. Uh, Comment on the uh, New Orleans Saints bringing in Antonio Brown for a workout. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, obviously, I just think this dude doesn't need football right now. He needs help. He needs to stay away from the game of football until he's completely mentally healthy, which he is certainly not. Um... Just like Josh Gordon, I just think they need to stay away from the game of football until their um, until their mental health is checked out. I mean, there's no reason to, to to have this guy on the NFL roster, in my opinion. I, mean, I just think it's, it's 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 a bad decision if they, if uh, the Saints bring this guy in. Obviously, the Saints want or talking to they're, they're talking to the NFL about uh, if. About about the implications of what happens if he if he assigned a course of sex, the sexual harassment uh, lawsuit is still out. So on on Antonio Brown, uh, two cases of sexual assault is still out on Antonio Brown. So uh, if he is, if he were to be signed by a team, he would uh, the NFL has stated they would 
put him on exemplars so he wouldn't be able to play anyway, but still, the fact that this guy got a workout with an NFL team, you know, is mind-boggling. You know, with, with his Twitter and Instagram rants and then apologizing the day or two after and then going off for some other reason, uh, you know, after two or three days. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting sickening. It's getting sickening. I mean, the New England Patriots got rid of him. That's all you should know. That's all you should know. If New England got rid of him, it, the, the man's a lost cause right now. He's a lost cause. They got rid of Josh Gordon, and he played a few weeks for the uh, uh, he played a few weeks for the uh, CF Seahawks, and now Seahawks released him because he got suspended again. I just don't like it, you know. Obviously, piggybacking off the Colin Kaepernick situation, I mean, you, you ostracize this guy for standing up for a cause by taking a knee during the national anthem, but you. Tolerate this guy. You tolerate this guy that's, you know, calling his superiors, calling his superior, his, his white superior, basically the white version of a, calling a black, calling a black person the N-word, you know, in front of everybody, in front of the whole team. I don't want to, I just don't, I just don't understand that, calling the NFL, he calling the NFL racist in a, uh, in tweets and stuff. I, and, and, and this guy gets a workout. Teams are scared to bring Kaepernick in because, so they had to get the NFL to try and hold a workout for him, even though it wasn't going anywhere to, 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 to begin with. But you know, but a team is able, a team wants to bring in uh, Antonio Brown three months after he couldn't make it work with with three teams. I I just don't. I just don't get that. This guy squandered an opportunity to play with three teams in a five-month span. The Steelers let him go. Oakland signs him. All the stuff that went on with them, burning his feet. Like I said, calling Mike Mayock a derogatory term. Uh, you know, and, and of course, like I said, what set all off was the interview that he had with Jeremy Fowler on ESPN before the Steelers even let him go. Talking about, you know, any team that wants to sign me, they're going to have to play by my rules. Like, are you serious? I mean, the, 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 people called Colin Kaepernick a distraction. People called Colin Kaepernick trying to control the narrative. What the hell do you call that? What do you call that? This dude literally said on ESPN, on ESPN Airways, any team that w- wants to, uh, Sign me. They gonna have to play by my rules. And of course, you had the the recorded conversations, record, recorded conversation with uh, uh, John Gruden that he puts on YouTube. You know, it's I don't, I don't like. How did how does this guy get an opportunity? Is he one of the top five receivers in the game? Yes, he is. But should that be enough for him to get shots and for him to behave? For him to behave like he's behaving and, and still get opportunities to play in the NFL, no, it's not. It's not. It's not enough at that point. It's not enough. This dude needs some help, man. Y'all enabling this dude. These people talking about the Antonio Antonio Brown should sign the, the Patriots should sign him back just so Tom Brady can have a reliable receiver to throw to. No, this dude. The dude needs help, man. 
The dude needs help. He don't need football right now. If Colin Kaepernick can't get an opportunity, why the hell should he get an opportunity? I'm out of here, man. Until next time, we'll probably have a uh, podcast a couple days from now after after the college football playoffs go after week 17 is over, highlighting the playoffs. I probably want to get one in maybe even Monday night. Uh, not Monday night, Monday morning as uh, the uh, rest of the New Year's Eat, New Year's Bowls are being played, and then of course going into Wild Card Weekend next week. Uh, but we'll see you then. Kel Robinson, Fanatic Podcast. We out of here.